Have you ever had uh, someone take, throw you against a wall, put their hand in your pockets, between your legs, under your arms? You ever had somebody come into your house and go through your things, ransack it, and then leave? Well, this is what police do during their searches, and sometimes it's legal, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's deadly. The United States has a Fourth Amendment problem. I've got some explaining to do. Let's get into it. People, 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 welcome back. Welcome back to another exciting, or what, what, what I hope will be an exciting episode of Ayana Explains It All. I am recording this late, late, late. Well, it's actually midnight, so it's Monday. Why am I awake this late? Because I am a procrastinating ass heifer. And this week, I just was so lazy, so lazy, in finally getting myself up and beginning my recording, getting everything situated, making sure all of the sound is, uh, is good and the topic is fleshed out. I wanted to say thank you very, very much. Give a huge shout out. I don't know if you can hear me clapping in the background. <laughs> to rank the podcasts on Instagram for featuring Ayana Explains It All this week. They're very good people. Head on, head on over to Instagram. Check out Rank the Podcasts. And while you're there, check out my little podcast page, Ayana Explains It All. Put an underscore in between all of those words because I needed to make it difficult for you. <laughs> but also, um, Ayana Explains It All is on 12 different podcast formats, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, my flagship, Anchor FM, but I'm also on YouTube. Yeah. I have this program that converts my podcast into a YouTube video. Although I'm not on video, the uh, recording is on video. So you can have it on YouTube. You could have it on Spotify. You could have it on Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, check out my podcast. Ayana Explains It All. Rate it. Review it. Subscribe so that you can be the first to know about new episodes. Also, if you have any questions or comments, you can leave them on my Instagram. You can leave them at TikTok on Ayana Explains It All Pod. You can also shoot me an email at Ayana Explains It All at gmail.com. And Ayana is spelled A Y A N A. One in, no eyes. <laughs> my whole life I've had to tell people that. So, Ayana Explains It All, gmail.com. And this week, we're going to get into warrants, searches and seizures. So something happened this week. Well, last week, rather, since it's now Monday. Something happened last week. Two things actually happened last week that were profound. The first was uh, the Department of Justice announced that it would, that it was charging four former Louisville, Kentucky Metro police officers with civil rights violations in the Breonna Taylor murder case. We know that, the, uh, that a grand jury in Kentucky declined to indict the officers for killing Breonna Taylor, and that was a big deal last year. 
And it continues to be a big deal because no one has been brought to justice for her murder. And I don't mean the civil lawsuit that her family settled with the city. I'm speaking of criminal penalties. And I'll get to this later. But also, the Department of Justice, in what has been a spectacular and unprecedented move, because everything surrounding this man and his presidency was unprecedented, spectacular in its failures, and spectacular in the way in which people support him despite his idiocy and shortcomings, the Department of Justice has, well, they did, they issued a warrant to seize documents held by the former (coughs) president, (coughs) Donald Trump, at his home at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Now, in the Breonna Taylor case, police lied in their affidavit that got them the warrant they used to storm the home of Breonna Taylor and her boyfriend. In the Donald Trump case, the FBI executed a warrant that's lawful, but that many of Trump's supporters have have them, has them uh, scratching their heads. They're upset. They don't know how and why the FBI could execute a search warrant, which to me is just, is baffling how you could not know how they would execute a search warrant. That's literally, they're law, enforce, they're law enforcement officers. This is what they do. This is how they gather evidence. They do this every day, all over the country. But people are mad. I mean, you be mad if you want to, but be mad for the right reason. I'm here to make this make sense to you because I feel like a lot of people do not understand what is happening here. And in the Donald Trump case, it's very simple. In the Breonna Taylor case, it's a lot less simple because people have lied and because it involves so many players. But in the Donald Trump case, as people are decrying the U.S. is not a police state, And why is the government going after a former president? And why is this only happening to Donald Trump? And why is Merrick Garland doing this? Merrick Garland should be impeached. Joe Biden should be impeached. Everybody should be impeached. They're always crying impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. Because they're being held to account for their illegal actions. And you notice this. Anytime somebody's feet are held against are held to the fire, right? Suddenly, everybody's wrong but them. And this is how Trump supporters, Trump and his supporters have been since he decided to run for president. Everybody is wrong but them. Everybody is bad but them. They're all good, clean, excellent patriots. And now they're mad because we're living, apparently, they're just now learning that the United States is a police state. It's not really a police state. It's just a country where we give law enforcement wide latitude to enforce laws. I mean, we throw billions of dollars at this, not just the Department of Justice, not just the FBI, but the CIA, (laughs) uh, local police, state police, 
uh, we throw billions of dollars. But, I mean, if you drive through parts of the this country, they'll have signs that says, back the blue, I support police. Those same people who say I support police are now upset with police because the FBI, that's what they are. They're police. They're a different kind of police. They're a different kind of law enforcement body, but essentially they're police. They can investigate, they can arrest people, and they do. They're police. So when you say back the blue, I mean, the FBI is the blue. So why don't you back them? You don't back them because they're doing something you don't like. But when they have a warrant issued by the Department of Justice, they have to execute it. And you may not like it. And if you don't like it, hey, go fight it in court. But what they did here at Mar-a-Lago was essentially seize documents that Donald Trump was not allowed to have. So Trump had classified documents in his home, which if you take classified documents as a president out of the White House after you leave, it's illegal. You don't have any security clearance after you leave the White House. And that's for any government employee. Once you leave, once you retire or whatever, you're fired, you have no more security clearance. You can't take any document. Certainly, you cannot take a classified document. And he had dozens of classified documents. And he took them to his house. Now, you can argue what the reason is for that. Some are saying to um, sell secrets to Russia or whoever the hell else might be interested. So they're looking into the Espionage Act violations. But mostly, it's just Donald Trump did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. He always did that. And people have been okay with it. People have been okay with it, is, and that's why he continues to get away with it. But, 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 but. He may not be getting away with it this time because what he did is criminal. Now, if he's going to be prosecuted, that's a different story. But this is why he continues. This is why he continues to do what he does because he's not being prosecuted criminally. He's, he's you know, he's settled lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. But is this time the time that's going to be the one that finally gets him? I mean, you see all the people around him going to prison, the January 6th um, rioters, insurrectionists. You see his lawyers going to prison, his confidants going to prison. You see uh, people who refuse to testify or who lie under oath for him going to prison, being found guilty of perjury, being found guilty of whatever, anything else. They're, they're, they're all falling around him, and he's still standing on a golf course, probably teeing off on his ex-wife's grapes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why did he do that to that lady? Why did he do that? I can't believe that she agreed to be buried on his fucking golf course. There's no way. And why did her children allow that? My God, these people have no dignity. Anyway, so as I was saying, Trump has classified documents outside of the White House, and that's criminal. 
You cannot, even as a president, declassify anything. Documents go through a stringent review process to determine if they should be declassified. But there are certain topics like nuclear programs that cannot be declassified by anyone, including a president. So Trump can't take these documents and go, oh, well, they're declassified now. You can't do that. There's a panel that reviews them to determine if they should be declassified. And then if they say yes, then they get to determine who has access to them. And just because you're a president doesn't mean that you get to have access to anything. Especially when you leave the White House, you don't have access to shit. You might be able to get some daily briefings at the discretion of your successor, some national security briefings, but that's only at the discretion of your successor. Once you leave federal service, that's it. You have access to nothing. Go sit your ass somewhere, paint something, go golfing, go, you know, jet skiing, go mind your fucking business. Not, not Trump, though. Not this motherfucker. He still wants to have his hands in things. He still wants to manipulate the United States government for his gain. He still wants to sell us out to our enemies, by the way. And then because his supporters support him no matter what he does, he's going to continue doing it. These are people who call themselves patriots, people who call themselves loyal to the United States of America. You can't be loyal to the United States of, of America and be okay with someone brazenly breaking the law. When a president leaves office, they leave their security clearance. Period. None have security clearance of their own to classified information. None of them. Former presidents do not have any access to or clearance to use classified documents. Let me say it again. Former presidents do not have any access to or clearance to use classified documents, period. Likewise, discussing classified information as a private citizen is illegal. So anything you learn during the course of your job that's classified it dies with you. You don't get to go and write books about it, spread the information around. You don't get to do that. There's a certain level of trust that comes with government service. And when you're the president, there's a high level of trust that comes with that service. You don't get to sell secrets. You don't get to tell secrets. You don't get to share anything with anybody that's classified, even after you leave office. And this is for all government employees, elected, civil service, it doesn't matter. There is a strict program on the handling of classified documents, which Donald Trump broke. There is a protocol that he did not follow. He's supposed to turn over every single one of his presidential documents before he leaves office. All of them. All of them. He doesn't get to take anything except his clothes and his kids. Thank God. Excuse me. 
You don't get to take things. Now, there are pictures of uh, I've seen of documents he tried to flush down the toilet and White House aides would find the, the toilets were clogged because he was flushing things. I mean, he's trying to hide things. He's trying to hide things. He's trying to sell things. He's trying to give away things. He's trying to use these things as leverage with foreign nationals. We don't even know. There are, there are implications for this that are so far-reaching we might not know ever unless they've, they come to bear on us. It's like with, uh, with WikiLeaks and Edward Snowden and Reality Winner. They sold or disclosed classified information on the United States government, on the United States surveillance programs, on matters of national security. Reality Winner is in prison, federal prison right now. She received the longest sentence for uh, this type of crime, for disclosing classified information. And everybody's calling her a hero. Oh, she's a hero. Oh, please let her out of prison. And Edward Snowden, oh, he's an author. He's a hero. Julian Assange, oh, he's a hero. Look at him. He's a revolutionary. It cannot be okay for any of these people to do this. None of them. It's not okay for any of them. It's not okay for reality winner, Edward Snowden. It's not okay for Donald Trump. In my opinion, anybody who does this is a traitor to the United States. I don't care what your purpose or what noble cause you think you were advancing. You do this, you're a traitor, period. And notice, no one is coming to your rescue. These people are not heroes to me. They're not heroes to me. I don't care. I do not care. There is an honor that comes with serving your country, and that is in whatever manner you do it. If it's civil service, if you're an elected official, if you're in the military, there's an honor that comes with that. You uphold the Constitution. You uphold that honor. If you have a high security clearance or a low security clearance, there is still a trust, a contract that you make with your country to not sell it out. And when you work in civil service, there are agreements you make to not mishandle information, personally identifiable information to be exact. And if you do, guess what? You could get fired and prosecuted. They take that stuff very seriously, very seriously. Nobody wants anyone's information stolen or compromised. It's illegal. So what Trump did was illegal. And people who were mad that the FBI swooped in with their guns, because that's what they do. Every time they execute a search warrant, or they go to retrieve someone, to arrest someone. Every time they have a warrant, they swoop in with the guns. They don't give a fuck who you are. And yes, the judge in the case said, no, don't warn him. Because he was probably going to destroy evidence. 
That's the other thing that comes with searches. Sometimes they'll warn you. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll show up and they'll knock. Sometimes they won't. But it all depends on what kind of case it is, and I'll get into that later. But people are upset. Oh, they came in the middle of the night. They didn't even call first. They didn't even give me a warning. Who cares, Trump? You weren't even there. Trump wasn't even there. They weren't going for him. They were going for these documents that they, that the United States government has asked him time and time again to return to them. Number one, because they have to build his fucking presidential library. Blech. Number two, they're classified documents. He is not supposed to have them. Sir, give them back. He didn't give them back. So we came for them, period. Don't like it? You don't have to like it. It's not about you. And people who say the Department of Justice interest in this is political, fuck you. We're trying to protect our country. Remember what that was like when people wanted to protect the United States? They wanted to protect it so much after 9-11 that we got the Patriot Act that allowed the government to essentially, although they already had this power because of the, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, to spy on non-nationals, nationals, immigrants, hold people indefinitely. See, it can't be that you want the United States to do these things, but only when it serves your purpose. You're anti-immigrant, so you only want the United States to have this search and seizure power against immigrants. You don't want it happening to your own citizens, but you can't have it that way because there are issues of domestic terrorism that the United States needs to be able to uh, get ahead of. And they can't do that if they don't have phone records, internet records, internet search histories, um, library book searches. They have to get ahead of it somehow. What, are, what do you want them to do? Sit around and wait for somebody to tell? Well, I guess that's what they did in the, Unib in the Unibomber case. His brother told on them. But I mean, they, they, they can't do that in every case. We have real issues of domestic terrorism and international terrorism that we're facing. We have to be able to get ahead of this. And this is how we do it. And people are mad. You're going to have to be satisfied with either all of this or none of it, and then you're going to have to call for change. Yeah, how do you call for change? Oh, you vote. That's right. You appeal to your legislators. Now, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act has been revised since it was implemented in 1978. It's been revised since then. But the, the U.S. Patriot Act is standing. It's still, I mean, the American people wanted it, and Congress had to scramble after 9-11 to do something drastic to protect our uh, soil, our land from terrorists. 
but also the American people were asking for it. We were all hurting. We were all hurting. And something extremely violent happened to our country. Something extremely violent happened. And so the only response we had was extreme violence. Wars. And then this extreme reaction with the Patriot Act. If you ever have to go through uh, security at the airport, that's why. That's why it is the way it is. The long lines, the pre-screening, the take your shoes off, take your wig off, <laughs> take everything out of your pockets. Here, sir, you didn't make it through the x-ray, so come into this room and take all your clothes off so we can search you. I mean, it's amazing how we, but, but we haven't figured out how to, to create a balance. And so people are upset because they're seeing so many liberties as they see it violated. But let me tell you something. This has been going on for decades in the black community. But it's with anything. Until it touches wealthy white people, the majority of Americans don't give a fuck who it affects. Until it touches your fave, the majority of Americans don't give a fuck. When the FBI was tapping the phone of Malcolm X, when they were surveilling Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, what did, what did Biggie say in his, uh, his song? Federal agents, mad cuz them flagrant, tap must tap my cell and my phone in the basement. <laughs> when they're spying on the blacks, the Black Panthers, the Black nationalists, when they're spying on them and infiltrating them and putting people undercover in our organizations, it was fine because nobody liked this. Nobody liked that Black people had power. Nobody wanted pe Black people to have guns or any kind of community power, or these black leaders that they considered dangerous. They wanted to get rid of them. So it was okay when the FBI was doing that. But now, oh, the FBI is, you know, in the Department of Justice, they're arresting Roger Stone and the, the January 6th insurrectionists, and they're going after Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, and why are they doing this? Why are they like this? And the rest of us, you know, the blacks, are sitting back going, well, I mean, if you had defunded police, <laughs> we told you to. Or if you had listened to our basic, our basic complaints about the FBI and the black community, maybe you wouldn't be in this position. But probably you would anyway. Because this is what we do. We give law enforcement, as I said before, wide latitude to enforce laws. Now we know that search and seizure laws vary from state to state and from, and the state ones vary from the federal statutory laws and even from city to city. Like every city, every county, depends on how their uh, criminal code is set up. Every city has its own warrant procedures. And every state has its own warrant laws, search and seizure laws. And then there's the federal criminal procedure. But the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution is what grants us, the people, 
freedom from unreasonable search and seizures. But this requirement of the Fourth Amendment is not absolute, and there are a number of exceptions to that requirement that have been recognized by the courts based upon such factors as whether it is reasonable under the circumstances for officers to obtain a warrant and whether evidence might be lost or destroyed and a warrant can be obtained. Now, the following information is taken from articles published by the ACLU, Vox, Justia, U.S. Law, USA Today, and Wikipedia. So, common examples of exceptions to the Fourth Amendment freedom from unreasonable search and seizures rule are administrative searches, routine administrative searches, border searches, the person or property of a person is searched when they attempt to enter the United States from a foreign nation, from a foreign nation or territory. Consent. The person who is searched or who is in control of property that is searched agrees to the search. Here's a fun one that they love to use. Exigent circumstances. A pressing need to act without delay. Inventory search. A search is conducted of items taken into police custody pursuant to a formal policy. So this is when they impound your car, they search it like they will tear that mother up. Or when they, um, when you're under arrest and they have to take your clothes, they'll search your clothes. They'll run a, you know, a lint roller over them <laughs> to get hair and fibers. Uh, another exception is plain feel. That's contraband or evidence of criminal activity can be recognized through a suspect's clothing during a lawful pat-down. And I'll talk about pat-downs later. Plain view, evidence of criminal activity can be observed by a police officer from a lawful vantage point. A probation search. A person on probation may be required to consent to searches of their person, property, and home as a condition of probation. That one gets people tripped up all the time. Safety checks. Entry is made into premises to ensure that people inside are not in danger or in need of medical assistance with evidence of criminal activity observed incidentally to the safety check and a search incident to an arrest. A suspect and the suspect's immediate surroundings are searched at the time the suspect is arrested. So you might see this a lot on these um, cop shows. Uh, they pull somebody over, probable cause for a search, probable cause for an arrest. They arrest them. And while the person is under arrest and being put in the car, they're searching the person's possessions, their backpacks, their purses. They're searching the car that they were in. If they were in a car, they're looking for something. They're looking for a weapon, usually, or drugs. But they're allowed to search. They're allowed to search at the time a suspect is arrested. So these are the exceptions to the Fourth Amendment 
unreasonable search and seizures rule. Now, a lot of people get upset about these, but I mean, fight it in court, fight it in court. The The courts have only expanded the search and seizure power of law enforcement. They're, they're not going to shrink it because everything is in the interest of justice, in the interest of justice, in the interest of justice. And there's always an emergency and there's always, oh, well, they're making our job harder when they don't let us search suspects or when they don't let us search the premises and blah, 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 Fine. But as I said before, the federal government can, t- can even, c- but the federal government, now this is where we talk about FISA again and the U.S. Patriot Act. The federal government can conduct warrantless searches. Don't even need a warrant. Don't even care about unreasonable search, search and seizures because they don't even need a warrant for this. They can conduct warrantless searches and wiretaps when it is in the interest of national security. Tap my cell and my phone in the basement. So, as I said before, FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, enables the government to monitor suspected clandestine agents of foreign powers based on highly classified warrants obtained from a secret fellow federal court on no notice ever to the people monitored. And yes, that can include American citizens. But there are times when they don't need any warrant at all. That secret federal court, the FISA court, has come under fire many times. But as I I said to people, there's really nothing you could do about it. Because the United States will do whatever in the interest of protecting our country. You're either on board or you're not. Does that sound uh, defeating? (laughs) So there's uh, this secret court, the FISA court. It's called the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. And it's closed to the public. And unlike a criminal court, there's no jury and the government is the only party present. They do not involve prosecutors or defense attorneys arguing on behalf of clients. And with the enactment of the USA Patriot Act, FISA was expanded and broadened to make it a useful tool in exposing and combating foreign terrorist groups' efforts to target the United States. So again, in the interest of national security. Just six weeks after the September 11th attacks, Congress passed the USA Patriot Act, an overnight revision of the nation's surveillance laws that vastly expanded the government's authority to spy on its own citizens, while simultaneously reducing checks and balances on those powers like judicial oversight, public accountability, and the ability to challenge government searches in court. So there are four areas where the Patriot Act increases the government's surveillance powers. That's in records, searches, secret searches, intelligence searches, and trap and trace searches. Now, the section that is most pertinent is the record searches. That's Section 215 of the Patriot Act, 
It makes it easy for authorities to gain access to records of citizens' activities being held by a third party. So, for instance, it allows the FBI to force anyone at all, anyone, including doctors, libraries, bookstores, universities, and Internet service providers to turn over records on their clients or customers. Again, in the interest of national security. So the federal government has wide latitude in searches and seizures thanks to FISA and the Patriot Act. They can spy on citizens. They can retrieve information such as phone records, Internet searches, and they can hold non-citizens in detention indefinitely to conduct searches and seizures in the interest of preventing domestic terrorism. Is the United States a police state? The Fourth Amendment certainly makes it seem like it is, but a police state is, you know, police on every corner. Police uh, kicking down your door whenever they want to. The government telling you what to do with your, your car, your property, your, your job, your kids, your body. That's a police state. I feel like we're getting closer with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Certainly, but the police state in the, the real sense of the word, people, people are thinking about communism or totalitarian governments. That's not what the United States is. That's not what the United States is. So, you think it's a police state just because you see police. That's not the same as a police state. Like, I don't know why people can't can't make the distinction, but we want America so much to be what something that it isn't. I hear it I hear it called socialism all the time. Like the CEO of Hold Foods said that the United States is becoming more and more a socialist country. And I'm like, dude, do you do you know what socialism means? Do people who call this country socialist know what it means? Do people who call this place a police state? Know what police state means? No, you don't. You don't. The United States doesn't have political police. The FBI is not a political body. Law enforcement is not a political body. Now, I know, I know, disagree all you want, but they're not. They don't work at the behest of any political party. They transcend politics. Now they have their own little politics and their little fiefdom and their little put in their little uh squad rooms and whatnot on their police force, but outside of that, they are not here to serve Republicans or Democrats or progressives or independent. They're for everyone, even non citizens. And while the Fourth Amendment affects the implementation of laws such as the Patriot Act and the FISA and FISA court, usually challenges to them are upheld. But there are instances where warrants on their face are illegal and they're challenged in court and that challenge is successful. And you'll see this a lot on police shows, those police dramas like Law & Order is one of my favorite shows ever. I will sit and watch this show, <laughs> the reruns of it, over and over and over again. My doctor was like, oh, you shouldn't be watching 
old TV shows, get up and get out of the house. But I'm like, oh, you'll pry this law and order in Golden Girls from my cold, dead hands. One of the things I like to do is watch the um, police procedural part of law and order to see how they execute searches and search warrants. And one of the things they do is they sometimes mislead in their affidavit for a search warrant and the warrant gets tossed. And so all of the evidence they obtained, including confessions, because of the evidence they gathered from the illegal warrant, gets tossed. And they're always like banging their head on this. And they, but it, they, they're in such a hurry to solve a crime to keep a criminal from getting away, an alleged criminal, that they're kind of skirting the rules. And Jack McCoy is very good at this, very good at crafting um, a search warrant so that it stands. But then when it's challenged, he's like, well, I mean, I did what I had to do. The Supreme Court tells us, in, in, and he'll cite some random case, and he'll go, the Supreme Court tells us in, in Robinson v. Uh, Ferguson that, and then he'll rattle off some case, and then the judge will go, well, he's got you there, <laughs> to the defense attorney. Or the judge will say, nice try, Jack. But um, one episode that was just incredible the police had cornered a man who was accused of being a serial killer and they were waiting for a search warrant for his apartment. And so they were standing outside. They couldn't go in. The super was standing and waiting to open the door because the man wasn't home, but still they didn't have the warrant yet. So they couldn't go in. And so they knew the man was coming up the stairs and going into his apartment. So Ed Detective Green took, I think it was a toothpick or something, and he jammed it into the lock so that the man couldn't unlock the door to get into his apartment because, again, they needed to buy time for the warrant to arrive. And so this bought them some time. But when the defense attorney found this out, they challenged the warrant. And so all of the evidence the police gathered was thrown out. The confession the man made was thrown out, and essentially the charges were dropped because they didn't have any evidence. They had no evidence. They had no witnesses. There was nothing they can do. I say all of this to say that police have their tricks when it comes to warrants, searches, and seizures, and we saw this in the Breonna Taylor murder case where now we know that the police lied in their affidavit to obtain the warrant. So the warrant was illegal for that reason, but it was also illegal because they knew that the person they were looking for did not live at that address. Not only that, the police claimed that they knocked at the apartment door and announced themselves, but it was a no-knock warrant. So why are you announcing yourself? You don't have to. You don't have to. So again, a lie. But in the affidavit for the no-knock warrant for Taylor's home, a detective claimed to have consulted with a postal inspector who confirmed that the man they were looking for had 
received packages at Taylor's address. The man they were looking for was her ex-boyfriend. But the Louisville postal inspector has since said that he was never consulted by the officers and that there was nothing suspicious about the packages the ex was receiving at Taylor's house. And we later find out that the packages contained clothes and shoes. So we have them lying on three separate occasions. The search was, well, the warrant, the affidavit was illegal. That's, that's, that's what we always have to go to, back to, the affidavit. What did the affidavit say? And it has to be true on its face. And if it's not true on its face, then, it, then it's illegal. It'll be thrown out. And whatever police obtained because of that warrant, like the person or the items they seized, those are all gone. So while Brianna Taylor's killing was a grotesque act of violence and police recklessness, it exposes the injustice of no-knock warrants. Now, there are warrantless searches, there are secret warrants, and now there are no-knock warrants, which put both police and citizens in grave and unnecessary danger because police can just storm wherever. If they have to, you know, throw a smoke bomb into something or if they have to send one of those little robots in, if they have to storm a building, if they have to storm your apartment, they could have the wrong apartment. You could be asleep. Like I've seen the video where the, the young man was asleep and the police stormed his apartment and he grabbed his gun and they shot him and killed him. He didn't know what the hell was going on. I read this, that one of the officers charged by the Department of Justice in the Breonna Taylor case has decided she will guilty to the charges against her. She's a current detective. Oh, she's still on the force. Current detective Kelly Goodlett was charged with conspiring to, she was charged with conspiring with another officer, Joshua Haynes, with another, he's a former officer, Joshua Haynes, to falsify the search warrant and cover up their actions afterwards. And like I said before, police policy regarding no-knock warrants varies from city to city. In each city, each state has the right to determine the policy it uses when it comes to no-knock raids and warrants. I live in Ohio, and Ohio does not outlaw them, but claims they are rarely used. And since no state or federal body tracks their use, we cannot verify how many of these things happen every year. I mean, it, it could be hundreds, it could be thousands, but we don't know. All we know is that sometimes they result in violence. Sometimes they result in people being killed. And sometimes they are not legal on their face. Now, we've seen through the U.S. Patriot Act, sorry, USA Patriot Act, and FISA, and warrantless searches and no-knock warrants, the eroding of the Fourth Amendment in the United States. And this has been primarily, I will say, 
the fault of the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, while the Fourth Amendment guarantees against unreasonable searches and seizures and may require police to knock and announce themselves before entering a home, a 1995 ruling opened the door to exceptions, and the exceptions ended up swallowing the rule, as in the Breonna Taylor case. The final safeguard to this was cast aside in 2006 when the court ruled 5-4 to four that evidence found when police failed to knock and announce can still be used in prosecutions. Now, this was first recognized in 1995 case of Wilson v. Arkansas when the court recognized for the first time that the Castle Doctrine and the knock and announce rule are embedded in the Fourth Amendment. The Castle Doctrine is there's no duty to retreat inside of your home. You may have a duty to retreat to avoid violence if you can reasonably do so, but the Castle Doctrine lessens the duty to retreat when an individual is assaulted within their own home. So the, the Supreme Court recognized the Castle Doctrine and the knock and announce rule are embedded in the Fourth Amendment. So you don't have a duty to retreat when you've been assaulted in your own home. Now, in public, you might, but if you're in your, in your own home, you don't have to. And accordingly, except for the most extreme circumstances, the police must knock and announce themselves and give time for the occupants of a home to answer the door peacefully and avoid the potential violence and destruction of a forced entry. Now, of course, we've seen the exceptions. And even this case, Wilson v. Arkansas, allows for some exceptions. Most notably that if police can show that knocking and announcing would allow a particular suspect to dispose of evidence, flee or assault the officer serving the warrant, the police can enter without knocking. And after this case in 1995, many police departments exploited those, as I mentioned earlier, exigent circumstances exception by simply declaring in a search warrant affidavit that, for instance, all drug dealers are a threat to dispose of evidence, flee, or assault the officers at the door. In 1997, the Supreme Court unanimously ruled in Richards v. Wisconsin that this blanket exception to the rule is unconstitutional. So in other words, the police must show why each individual suspect may be a threat to dispose of evidence, flee, or attack the police. They can't simply state that all drug suspects present at an address are a threat. But the burden for police isn't very high. They just have to provide something. It could be anything. So we've dealt with eroding through the FISA, through the USA Patriot Act, through case law, through police policy. <laughs> now let's talk about one of my most Favorite and fun topics. De Detention short of arrest, the stop and frisk. Now, these are tricky because, as I mentioned before, police have the authority to search you after they arrest you. It's an incident, it's a search incident to an arrest. So, they arrest you, they can search a person, they can search your possessions, they can search wherever they found you, a car, a house, 
especially if they're looking for other people who might be related to the crime they're alleging you committed. But uh, stop and frisks, stop and frisk, and traffic stops resulting in searches also lead to devastating consequences. And we've seen this in numerous videos circulating the internet. So what happens when police determine they need to stop and ask you questions? And what happens when they determine they need to search you? All arrests are subject to the requirements of the Fourth Amendment. We know this. But the courts have followed the common law in upholding the right of police officers to take a person into custody without a warrant if they have probable cause to believe that the person to be arrested has committed a felony or misdemeanor in their presence. Probable cause, of course, is the same standard required to be met in the issuance of an arrest warrant and must be satisfied by conditions existing prior to the police officer's stop. One of the most famous cases, in fact, the pinnacle case that created this um, stop-and-frisk rule, this stop-and-frisk law, is Terry versus Ohio. In Terry versus Ohio, the Supreme Court approved an on-the-street investigation by a police officer that involved patting down the subject of the investigation for weapons. Terry created the test of reasonableness, whether police have a reasonable belief that the defendants could be armed and dangerous and therefore they can stop them and pat them down for weapons and then they can use those weapons against the defendant in court. In a later case, the court held that an officer can seize an object if plain touch during a frisk reveals the presence of the object and the officer has probable cause to believe it is contraband. So again, they throw you against the wall and they're patting you down and they feel something that feels like contraband they can seize it and they can use it against you in court. This is when the police will take something out of your pocket and go, is this yours? <laughs> so all of these things are considered reasonable. Remember the fourth amendment protects us from unreasonable searches and seizures and all of these things I've listed are considered reasonable. All of these things, all of these exceptions to the Fourth Amendment. Why even have the Fourth Amendment? Because there has to be some line that police, that law enforcement are not allowed to cross. So far, the line is lying. <laughs> That's so far. The only line they cannot cross is lying. That's it. They can execute a warrant and it might lead to the death of an innocent bystander. So, I mean, we saw this in, uh, I believe it was Detroit, when police were executing a warrant and a, a, a young girl was killed in the course of them executing a warrant. This happens all the time. Person is killed when the FBI or police are executing a warrant. And it's not... It's not a desirable outcome. They don't want any loss of life, but this is what happened. And a 
A Terry search need not be limited to a stop and frisk of the person, but may extend as well to a protective search of the passenger compartment of a car. Again, if an officer possesses a reasonable belief based on specific and articulable facts that the suspect is dangerous and may gain immediate control of weapons. How lengthy the detention may be varies on the circumstances. Um, they could hold you for 20 minutes. They could hold you for however long it takes to search the car. So while you're being detained by police, they're searching your car. They're searching the trunk. They're searching the passenger side. And how long they detain you is really up to police policy. It's supposed to be quick to determine if they're going to arrest you or let you go. But it could be 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I mean, I think an hour would be unreasonable. But again, that's something that you fight in court. You can't fight it on the street. They don't care. <laughs> on the street, they don't care. Right? In the court, they care. On the street, they don't care. So similar principles govern detention of luggage at airports in order to detect the presence of drugs. They can hold your luggage if they, you know, reasonably suspect that you're carrying narcotics. They can detain you. They can detain your luggage. But again, the detention has to be reasonable. So what do you do when the police stop you and ask you if they can search you? You say, no officer, I do not consent to the search, period. That's it. Then they can only pat you down the outside of your clothing. They cannot reach in and squeeze your pockets unless they feel a weapon or contraband. This is the Terry stop. So when they ask you if they can search you and, they, and you say no, they can only do the outside of your clothing, that pat down. But if they feel something, if they feel contraband, then they can seize it and they can arrest you. Or they can seize it, they'll let you go. I mean, it really is up to the, <laughs> most of the time, they will arrest you. So, again, they cannot reach in and squeeze your pocket unless they feel a weapon or contraband. And then you ask them if you're free to go. And if they say yes, leave. Walk away. Don't talk to them. Just keep going. And if they say no and they start to talk to you, they start to question you, say, I invoke the fifth. You don't have to talk to police just because they stopped you. They can ask you your name. Give them your name, your real name, but that's it. They'll ask you for ID, and what if you don't have ID? I go walking all the time. I don't take my, my driver's license with me. They can't arrest you for not having ID. They can't give you a hard time for not having ID. I mean, they, they could. They could give you a hard time, but it's futile because what are they going to do? Make you cough it up? And a lot of people fall for this. A lot of people fall for this. And they end up getting jammed up because, number one, they think they can reason with police. You can't reason with them. You are not their friend. They are not your friend. People talk and they end up talking themselves into charges. 
people talk and end up uh, doing something that gives police reasonable belief that a crime has been committed or is about to be committed or that the person is fleeing from something or um, they make some movement that police consider threatening. And before you know it, they're detaining you, they're arresting you, they're searching you, they're searching your car. So your best bet is to just, hey, what's your name? My name is Ayana. Where are you headed? Where are you coming from? <laughs> you notice that silence was me not answering them. <laughs> if you get pulled over and they ask you, you know, where are you going? Where are you coming from? You can say, you know what? I wouldn't mind telling you that, but may I ask why first? And if they press you, say, I invoke the Fifth Amendment. Here's where invoking the Fifth Amendment is to your advantage. When it should be used the most, when people don't use it the most. I've seen oh, on these uh, live PD and other cop shows, people just talk and talk and talk and talk. Because they think they can talk themselves out of a ticket. They think they can talk themselves out of an arrest. They think they can talk themselves out of trouble. And sometimes, sometimes, very rarely does it work, but it works. Sometimes the police are like, okay, I'll let you go. I just wanted to make sure. But it's only because they feel comfortable that they feel comfortable in the idea that you haven't done anything wrong, that you are not suspicious, that you're okay to leave. But in most cases, you start talking to them and you've implicated yourself in something or you've admitted to committing a crime. I saw one that was so ridiculous. Uh, the police were called to an apartment because a man had allegedly hit a woman during a fight. And so the police show up and they, the one officer is talking to the woman, the other, the other officer is outside talking to the man, and they both just admit to buying and selling drugs, doing drugs. Here are the drugs that he's doing. He hit me because I hired him to sell drugs and he wasn't selling my drugs. And, and it's just like, why are you? They're here because of an assault. And you're going off about drug activity, <laughs> illegal drug activity, and just spouting off and the police were like okay we're going to take these drugs and test them for dna the drugs that by the way the woman who was assaulted gave to them they didn't look for those they didn't ask for them she gave them the drugs and they said we're gonna go test these for dna and if they have the man's dna on them then we'll arrest him they gave the police these drugs and they're just making all of these statements about their drug activity, which, by the way, if those are his drugs, those statements can be used against him in court. What are people doing? Is it that you're so scared or you're so guilty? But most of the time, people are scared, and so they just start rambling, and they, you know, get diarrhea of the mouth all of a sudden. It's crazy. Don't talk to police. Do not. Do not talk to them. And if you do talk to them, choose your statements very carefully. But because you're not going to do that, invoke the Fifth Amendment, please. 
Just invoke the fifth. Don't say anything. Especially, do not consent to a warrantless search. The police will try to finesse you. The police will try to finesse you. They absolutely will. Hey, can I come in your house? No. May I look in your trunk? No. They're hoping you're scared enough or dumb enough and will say yes and make their jobs easier and then they'll just go through all your shit. And sometimes, I mean, we've seen these cases, they plant evidence sometimes. Or sometimes they find something that's not criminal, but at the time they think is criminal and they arrest you and you're jammed up for a couple of days. Do not consent to a warrantless search, please, for the love of God. Make these people do their jobs. Make them do the affidavit, go to a judge or a magistrate, get the warrant, and then go search for whatever the hell it is they are looking for. But do not give them the drugs. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Because what if they find your DNA on the drugs? What if they're the other person's drugs, but they find your DNA on them? Hmm. So... I mean, people, they're hoping you're scared and dumb. And yes, they get in your house and suddenly they're looking around and see something in plain sight. And before you know it, you're under arrest. If the police are at your door and they don't have a warrant, do not let them in unless you called them. Your house was broken into, you know, an alarm went off. They come to your house. Even if an alarm comes, goes off and they come into your home, you can say, hey, stay right there. They don't get to go looking around your house. Don't let them go looking around your house. It doesn't matter if you did anything wrong or not. Don't let them do whatever they want, trample all over you because you've got nothing to hide. You're a good person. You want them to know it. Who cares if the police think you're a good person? What do you freaking do? They are not your friend. You are not their friend. When the police show up, they are there to do a job. And they're going to do it whether you like it or not. And this gets tricky. I know. It gets tricky. For people of a certain color. The blacks. Me. People who look like me. It gets tricky. I know it gets tricky. And people say that there are different rules for black people. And yeah, there are. Blacks are treated differently by the police, especially with these stop and and frisks, these Terry stops and these um, warrantless searches and whatnot. And black people feel like they have no power here. But you do have power and you're going to exercise it. You're not going to roll over just because things are different for blacks. Nope, you're going to make them work. You're going to make them work. You're going to make them do their job. Don't consent to warrantless searches. Don't talk to them except to give your name. They ask for your driver's license. Give them the driver's license. They tell you to get out of your car. Get out of your car. Do not talk to them. Don't say, well, can I ask what this is about, officer? And then they tell you what it's about. And you're like, well, I wasn't there. I was over here. No. The moment you say anything, it gives them a reason to continue to talk to you. And before you know it, you've talked yourself 
into something, whether you're guilty of it or not. And it, it, it's, it's changed with the gun laws now in the state of Ohio, now that Ohio is, you know, permitless carry, open carry, concealed carry, whatever carry. When police pull you over in the state of Ohio, if you have a weapon and you're not under a disability, like you're a convicted felon who's precluded from having a weapon or you're on a protection order and you can't possess a weapon, if the police ask you if you have a weapon, you have to say that you, if you do. You have to tell them. You have to disclose it. That's it. It used to be that if you had a weapon and they pulled you over, they could check to make sure it was stored properly. That's no longer the case. So. But a lot of people still believe, even during that, that they have to talk to the police to seem chummy, to, to diffuse situations. No, don't do that. If you're going to talk to them, do not lie to them. Because they will use those lies against you. So if you're going to talk to them, tell them the truth. But when they pull you over, even for a speeding ticket, do you know how fast you were going? Oh, I believe I was going the speed limit, officer. Don't say, oh, well, I was going 25. And they'll go, no, you were going 35. Really? See? Don't do that. Don't do that. Just say, I believe I was following the law. <laughs> I believe I was following the law, period. Now, none of this is legal advice, even though I'm a lawyer. It's not legal advice because I don't know the particulars of anybody's life, the particulars of anybody's region that they're living in, what police uh, law enforcement body they're dealing with. So don't be like, oh, this lady advised me on this podcast not to talk to y'all now. I'm not your lawyer. I'm just a person who knows a lot about police. I'm just a person who knows, who has some working knowledge of police procedure, of, of criminal procedure. I'm telling you, the police are not your friend. And all these people who are suddenly crying about this being a police state, for some reason thought the police were lovable and huggable and uh, your buddy. And here it is, they're executing search warrants at the house of your favorite president and all and your opinion of them has changed while we've been telling you all this whole time that they're not your friend they have a job to do and they're going to do it whether you like it or not and if you don't like it you know what to do use your voice use your vote to make the changes to help make the changes you believe are needed in criminal procedure at the federal state local level there are people who have decided that the FBI should be disbanded, that um, they should lodge violence against the FBI. One person tried to breach a field office in Cincinnati, Ohio, and he is now dead. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't be that guy. There are other ways to get the changes you believe are needed. But I'm telling you, the FBI isn't going anywhere. State, local police, they're not going anywhere. Nobody's going to get to abolish the police. It's not going to happen, at least not in our lifetime. So you're going to have to find ways to make change in a way that sees your law enforcement, local law enforcement, reflecting values you believe are beneficial to your community.
And this has been Ayana Explains It All, brought to you by Facts, Figures, and Enlightenment. Take care.